And I welcome you online, watching online from all kinds of different nations. We want to welcome you. I know some of you personally, and uh, I know God is touching you, and a special welcome. And may the Lord, what the Lord is doing here touch you where you are. Amen. Open your Bible in uh, Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. I want to do a message that in, in a way closes off the seminar, which I didn't get to do yesterday. I want to talk about how to develop your spirit man. How to develop your spirit man. And we, the Bible tells us very clearly, Jesus taught this. He said in John 7, 38, he said, Out of your innermost being or your inner being will flow rivers of living water. And he was speaking about the spirit that hadn't yet been given. So he was talking or prophesying about a people, you and me, who would emerge in these days. And from within us, from the hidden man of the heart, from our innermost being, God's intention is the life, the joy, the creativity, the uh, fruit of the spirit, the power of God would flow. God has designed you for this. And so, come on, get with it. Get with what God has planned. Don't just sit back and say, not for me. Don't do that. And so, uh, I want to talk then about how to strengthen your spirit. Yesterday, we were focusing primarily on the heart, which is the core of who you are, the center of who you are. Your heart is connected to your spirit, connected to your soul, and then through these things, is able to express itself in the world. So, your heart is the core of who you are, but your heart interacts with your spirit. When you got born again, God put his spirit in your spirit to energize and empower you so you'd have a hidden source of energy within you called the Holy Spirit. But you must be intentional in the development of your spirit. And so I want to show a few scriptures on that and then give you some practicals. First, why and then how. Amen. Okay, so notice here it says in Paul's prayer, I pray, verse 16, he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be, in other words, God's very rich, he's very resourceful, he has everything you need. He's not poor and he's not a holdout. The riches of his glory, that he, he, you might be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your heart and you're being rooted and grounded in love. Now notice his prayer is that you might be strengthened. And the word strengthened means, it's a word meaning increase energy, increase vigor, increase life, Increased vitality. Now, that's a good thing for you to have. I see a lot of people, they, they, they're old before their time. There's no energy, no life. And it's because their spirit has not been activated and resourced and kept alive with the power of the Holy Ghost. He said, you'll be strengthened with what? Strengthened not with a stake. Strengthened with dunamis, supernatural energy, which comes from the Holy Ghost. So when God put His Holy Spirit in you, it's, he has an assignment, and one of those things he wants to do is make you stronger in your spirit. See? Your spirit can be wounded. Your spirit can be broken. If your spirit is wounded and broken and damaged, and uh, you don't do something about that, then your body gets weak. Every part of you gets affected by that. I'll show you that in just a moment. So having a strong spirit is part of God's plan for you. It says of Jesus in Luke chapter 2, verse 42, it says, He grew and became strong in his spirit. Hey? And favor was on him, and the grace of God was on him, and wisdom filled him. So John the Baptist grew and became strong. So it's something you become. You're not born strong in spirit. You become strong in spirit by doing the things that will develop your spirit. Amen? And so his desire is that we become strong in spirit. So the first thing is, your spirit can be strengthened. Okay, the second thing is you can develop sensitivity in your spirit. In Hebrews chapter 4, 
uh, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, I think it is, Hebrews 4, and uh, sorry, 5 and verse 14, it says, uh, mature people, those who are mature, it says they're mature because by reason of use, they have exercised their senses to discern good and evil. So the language of it is very simple. It says, maturity comes spiritually as you exercise the spiritual senses that God has given you. You have physical senses. You can develop your hearing. You can develop your seeing. You can develop uh, the capacity around you physically to pick up and discern things and pick up things from the physical world. But you have spiritual senses, which you must learn to develop. You, You don't try to become more spiritual. That's nonsense. You're already spiritual. It's like saying, I want to become more human. (laughs) Lighten up. You can't become more human. That's who you are. See? And you can't become more spiritual because that's who you are. You're a spirit being. What you need to do is learn to develop the senses of your spirit so you now have an advantage in life. People whose spirit senses are not developed get deceived all the time. They have people pull the wool over their eyes all the time. We develop our spiritual senses to discern. Now, that word exercise is the word to practice or to develop by habit or to go into the games and get involved in practicing for an Olympic race. It has all of that kind of thing. You must be intentional about developing your senses and the simple things you can do. I can't give them all to you today, but I'll give you enough to get you going on it. There's certain things you can do to develop your senses, spiritual senses. And so people who are spiritually mature are not people who have been around a long time, but people who have grown and changed and been intentional about becoming stronger in spirit and also sensitive in spirit. Stronger, sensitive. God wants you to be sensitive in your spirit. Okay then, so we do, how do we do that? Why do we need to do that? Why? Let me just talk first of all about what the functions of your spirit are because when we talk about your spirit, many people don't understand that in the secular uh, counseling field, they don't understand the spirit, human spirit and the functions of your spirit. But uh, we're, we're God people. We're spirit people. We need to understand why, why have you got your spirit? What is, it called, what is it supposed to do? If you don't know what it's supposed to do, you're unlikely to give yourself to developing it and then to strengthening it. So let me just give you, I won't develop them all, but let me just give you and I'll quote the scriptures on it. Number one, the first important person of a reason for you have a spirit is to keep alive. Keep alive. Your spirit keeps you alive. The Bible says in James 2 verse 26, the body without the spirit is dead. In other words, the spirit, your heart, your soul depart. And if you've ever seen a dead body, you can look at it and say, well, that's true. There's nobody home. They just, there's just nobody home. Someone has gone. The person has gone. Your spirit keeps your body alive. As soon as the spirit goes, you die. Your spirit energizes your body. Number two, your spirit keeps your body healthy. Now, people don't get that. They don't understand that your spirit is important to the healthy operation, both of your soul and your body. It is a core part. God is a spirit, so your spirit part of you is really important to everything else working well. Uh, Your spirit affects your heart. Your spirit affects your soul, mind, will, emotions. Your spirit affects your body. Your spirit affects the atmosphere around you. Your spirit affects your relationships. You need to understand the importance of it. So in Proverbs 17, 22, it says, A merry heart does good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. So if your spirit is damaged or broken, your health is affected. Seriously. Your bones are where marrow is formed, where blood's uh, regenerated. Very important that you keep alive in your spirit. 
I mean, here's another scripture in Proverbs 18 and verse 14. It says, the, the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a broken spirit who can bear. In other words, that when your spirit is strong, it will take you through weakness and hard times and difficulties because you have an inward strength inside you. So your spirit is vital and vibrant. It needs to be alive in the Holy Ghost. Alive in the Holy Ghost. Hello, anyone home in there, you know? Spirit should be alive and energized. That's God's plan. Here's a, here's a, here's a third thing. Uh, your, your, uh, your, your spirit is crucial for engaging intimately with God. Your spirit is essential for engaging with God. Uh, John 4, 24, God is a spirit. If you want to worship Him, you have to worship Him in spirit. Your spirit is the part of you that engages God when you become aware of your spirit and become, uh, you'll, be, you'll be, have the ability to engage with God. We worship God in spirit and in truth. The word truth means not concealing anything. In other words, God wants you to just come with a pure open heart just to love on Him and engage from inside, from your spirit, the deepest part of you. So your spirit is vital in worship because it's through your spirit God connects with you. So if your spirit is not strengthened or sensitive, you'll be unaware of God. Number four, uh, your spirit is crucial to receive revelation and guidance. Your spirit is crucial to receive revelation from God and guidance from God. You want to be led? You'll be led by the spirit. Not by circumstances or feelings, but led by the spirit, the Bible says. To be led by the Spirit, that's what Jesus was. He was led by the Spirit. What does that mean? It was nothing outside him. It was inside him. He felt the witness of the Holy Spirit. He was sensitive to his Spirit. He picked up, the Holy Spirit is leading me this way. A lot of people are led by circumstance, by the media, by the news, by their feelings, by what's going on around them, by their lacks, by their difficulties, rather than being led internally by the Spirit of God. That's how he wants us to be led. So 1 John, uh, one, uh, sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says, uh, verse 9, I has not seen or heard nor has it entered the heart of man the things God has prepared for those who love him. In other words, you have never figured out all the things God planned for you. He got lots of good things planned for you. He says, when I think of you, I know the plans I have, plans for good. But what are the plans? Say, how can I know the plans? He said, well, he says, I hasn't seen them or he heard them, hasn't even entered into the heart, things God prepared. But God reveals them through his spirit. So in other words, the Holy Ghost reveals to your spirit things God has in mind for you. The Holy Spirit reveals things that he wants to do through you, what he wants to bring into your life. We read down a little bit further. It says, verse 11, no, uh, no man knows uh, anything, uh, the things of the man, uh, uh, except the spirit of man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. In other words, God's spirit knows everything the Father has prepared for you. And we've received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things freely given to us by God. So notice it says, God has many things he desires to just give you freely. But what are those things he wants for you? Well, only the Holy Spirit can show you. So you need the Spirit of God to reveal to you what God has for you uniquely. He has things for you. He's things He's planned for you, things He's designed for you, things He wants to give you, giftings He wants to activate. The only way you'll know is if you listen to the Holy Spirit who speaks into your spirit. We must engage our heart and spirit. 
Here's, a, here's, a, here's another reason we need it. And uh, number five, uh, to engage in prayer and intercession. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 14 and verse uh, 14, it says, uh, it says uh, when a person is praying in tongues, their spirit is praying. So you can pray with your mind and your head, or you can pray out of your spirit. So God, your spirit helps you to pray. Your spirit helps you to pray. Because otherwise, how will you know what's in the heart of God? And it says, because we don't really know, we need the Spirit of God to help us, and He works with our spirit, revealing things that are on the heart of God. So like this week, I'm in prayer while I'm praying. Suddenly a name and a picture of a person comes to mind, and I started to become aware of things. I begin to pray for them, and blow in the hole, they're in the seminar yesterday. So when they came up, I really didn't need to ask what was wrong or what was needed because I already knew ahead of time. That's not to be abnormal. That's normal. That's what the work of the Holy Ghost is. That's what he does. He speaks to our spirit in prayer. But you just need to be a person of prayer. And you have to activate your spirit in prayer and learn how to listen to God in your spirit. Your spirit's where you hear him and so on. Okay, so here's, a, here's, here's another reason that you need to activate your spirit, and that is your spirit will provide original ideas and inspiration. Proverbs 20, verse 27 says, The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the depths of the heart. Job 32, 8, There's a spirit in man, and the breath of the Almighty gives him understanding or inspiration. Now, here's a great thing to understand about your spirit. That when your spirit is activated, when you energize your spirit with the life of God, he will drop ideas into you. So when you, when you are praying in the spirit and your spirit becomes energized, your thinking starts to clarify and spontaneous ideas come. We call it intuition. Intuition is the faculty of your spirit. Intuition is the part of your spirit that just flows with ideas and inspirations. It doesn't come by figuring it out. It's just an idea huh, turns up in there. You just have a sense or a feeling. Often women are very sensitive in this area. The husband will say, I've got this good business deal going. What do you think? Nah, don't like it. We shouldn't go ahead. He'll say, no, he gather all the reasons why it's such a good deal. She nah, I don't like the man. And, and it's just, so for a male, he's thinking, now this just is no reason in any of this. You don't like the man, therefore we're not going to do the deal. But the deal is a great deal. Now you understand he's operating out of the head. She's just listening to his spirit and say, actually, something's wrong with the guy. He's a crook. And so this, your, your intuition will reveal things that you don't know out of your head by observation. So that's why we live with two dimensions. We live with a natural dimension where we can see things. But people put on a good front of good in parents. But my spirit knows things that my natural senses can't pick up. So your natural senses will look at the exterior and reason, but God looks on the heart and can drop into your spirit ideas, thoughts, inspirations, and also discernment about people. Well, we've all got some quiet about that. It's eh? really good. But that's where ideas can come from. You get activated in the Holy Ghost. How many found this? You went to bed thinking about something, woke up in the morning, bang, I got the answer, I got the idea. Where did it come from? Come out of your spirit. Because while you're sleeping, only your body's sleeping, your spirit is wide awake. 
So you can be in bed, but your spirit's still communing with God. You can, that's why. How many woken up on some morning and you've got a song in your heart already, like you wake up worshiping? Why is that? Because your spirit has been engaging God. The presence of God is there, and as you wake up, you become conscious of it. It was happening without you knowing it. See, so we, we need to understand this, the realm of the spirit and the way God has designed us to operate. The whole, whole of creation has a spiritual dimension to it which often indigenous people are more aware of, and Westerners tend to poo-poo, rather than understand actually there is a spiritual dimension. And it affects everything. So you could get ideas. See, so you need ideas. I found all my preaching comes out of inspiration by the Holy Spirit. I can do all the study, but still got a message, just got piles of notes. Then I go away and I have a shower, a pray, I'll just go to sleep and wake up. Oh, there's, there it is. Like that. And many times I get a message. I could have studied for a couple of days. And then suddenly, I know exactly what to do. One, two, three, four, five. And it just comes like that. I think, well, God's a numbers person. One, two, three, four, just like that. That's how he does stuff. <laughs> and so I get things. It just comes like that. Intuition. Intuition, the flow of the spirit. Your spirits are great. great. But here's another thing your spirit's useful for. And uh, your spirit enables you to connect with people and know them. To have an empathy or feel what's going on in their life. You can sense them. So I'll give you a couple of scriptures on that. It says in Matthew, in Mark 2, verse 8, it says, Jesus perceived in his spirit what they were reasoning or thinking about in their heart. Isn't that interesting? That Jesus in his spirit was able to pick up what people were thinking. They're all just like this looking. And he could tell what was going on. He could feel and sense it. And how many have felt that yourself? You've been with people, and they're talking nicely, but you can sense there's something else going on there. Usually you try and dismiss it, but actually you're discerning or picking up things in the Spirit. So the Bible says we know people, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 16. Henceforth, we know no one after the flesh. We should know them after the Spirit, just like we know Jesus. So what does that mean? It means when I relate to people, I should not make the external appearances the primary thing. I should go on the witness of my Spirit. And in going on the witness of your spirit, God will connect you to people which will have a high value in your life. He will warn you of people that will erode and steal your life and energy. And when you meet people, you'll find that you'll have a, a connectedness when you start to tune into your spirit. You can literally feel what's going on in their life. Sometimes as I'll talk with people, I'll just sense what's going on. You say, how do you know? Well, I don't know. I'm not figuring it out up here. It's coming in the Spirit. It says uh, of, uh, uh, in Acts chapter 14, it says, Paul was preaching, and in the middle of it, he perceived that a man had faith for healing. Now, what did he see? He didn't see anything. He got it in his spirit. So it's in your spirit. You pick up things. You sense things. You discern things. You feel things, and you know people. So I've had some people, like with Maldonado, when I met Maldonado, I'd watched him on TV, and I'd go, when I met him, I gave him a big hug, and the moment I gave him a hug, he discerned my spirit straight away, and we had an immediate connection, just like that. No long talks, introductions, get to know one another. It was immediate connection like that. The same with Apostle Tam Tamrat. These are spirit men who developed their spirit, so they know straight away. They can feel it straight away. Oh, you all got so quiet. Well, this is all basic stuff for spirit people, isn't it, eh? So your, your spirit 
helps you discern the spirit realm. I'll show you how. We'll just get a bit of time in a few minutes. It shows you how to discern the spirit realm. So your spirit man has senses that enables you to discern an atmosphere. So how many of you, you see, most of us have, have experienced it but never really thought about it and then developed it, see? You walk into a room sometimes and you can suddenly feel the tension. So what are you feeling? Did the room get colder or something? No, you felt in your spirit the impact of the words and the spiritual presence in the room. People come into the church here, and, and they suddenly start to cry. The head says, why am I crying? Your heart says, I know why I'm crying. I've encountered God. And the head's still saying, what's going on here? Stop it. The heart's saying, no, I'm feeling loved. I'm not going to stop it at all. And so people sit and sometimes just cry and cry and cry, and they don't know why they're crying. I've asked people, say, what's happening? Said, I don't know. The head doesn't work it out, but their heart is saying, I'm home. I feel the presence of God and I feel loved, and I'm at home. Now, no one spoke to them. They got it in their spirit. That's why you have to develop your spirit. That's where we engage God. That's where we feel and sense spiritual atmospheres. That's where we learn to discern things. You can walk into some rooms and suddenly feel it's creepy. You can feel the presence of demonic spirits. You meet some people, you can feel it. So we can develop all of that part. Our spirit's really important that we learn to develop our spirit, strengthening our spirit, and developing the senses of our spirit. Very, very important. And the last couple of things uh, is that your spirit is a key part of ministering the Holy Ghost. See, to minister the Holy Ghost, where's the Holy Ghost? You know, we all think, waiting for him to come down from heaven. But he's inside us. The kingdom of God is inside you. So God's spirit flows from within you, flows from your inner man. Out of your innermost being will flow the life of God, the joy of the Lord, all of these kind of things. They flow out of your spirit, see? And here's the, one of the last vital purposes of uh, your spirit is this. It is to bless and refresh your spouse in sexual intimacy. People don't get that, and I can't develop that too deeply today. But in Proverbs 5, verse 15 to 19, it talks about drinking from your own well. We try, a well is a place of refreshing. And it's talking about marriage. And the picture language that's used there is to describe that when a couple are involved sexually, it's not just physical and it's not just emotional. When the heart is open and the spirit is able to flow, there is a flowing of the life of the spirit to embrace and touch the other person. So they feel welcomed and loved and refreshed if there are walls and barriers in the heart, then the spirit doesn't flow. And even though there's sexual intimacy, there's something missing in it, which is the life of the spirit which was meant to flow. And we won't go any further there. That's enough. That'll get you going. You can go read up the scriptures and have a look. And some of you be digging one another now and say, oh, I know something's not right here. Well, I'll tell you what. If the heart is hardened with bitterness and shut up, there will be a problem in intimacy. It'll only be at a certain level. It won't come to the level God intended for you. But when the heart is free and the spirit flows to welcome and embrace the spouse, then there is a tremendous refreshing takes place. Anyway, let's go. I'll move on. I'll just give you two last things. Last, I want to talk about, number one, how do I strengthen the spirit? Number two, how do I develop spiritual sensitivity? So let me give you three simple keys for strengthening, four simple keys for strengthening your spirit. There are many, but these are the most important ones. Here's the first one. 
You know what it is. You just got to do it. In 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 4 it says, He that prays in an unknown tongue builds his inner man. Praying in tongues is God's gift to strengthen and empower your spirit. That's why when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you begin to speak in tongues. Speaking in tongues, the Bible says, it, 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 you're speaking in tongues, your spirit is praying. You are praying from your inner man as the Holy Ghost gives you language. And what happens is your spiritual inner man starts to energize with the life of God. As you give yourself to praying in tongues, your spirit becomes charged with the life of God. The energy of the Holy Spirit. You open up a flow of communication with God. What an amazing gift to be given. But we need to learn to pray strongly and consistently and to build uh, that we have extended times praying in tongues. And we need to know that God gives you different languages that brings a new refreshing around your life. It is the most important gift, but you're the one responsible to build your house. Number two, meditate. Meditate on the Word of God. In Psalm 1 and verse 1 and 2, it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sits in the seat of the scorners, nor walks in the path of the sinners, sits in the seat of scorners, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. He will be like a tree planted by water. In other words, there will be a light source, a flow of God into your spirit as you meditate in the Word of God. We saw yesterday, meditating gets the Word into your heart, but as it gets into your heart, then your spirit opens up. Your spirit and your heart start to believe what God has to say. It says he'll be planted by the rivers of water. It says his leaf shall not wither. He will bring forth fruit. Whatever he does will prosper. Meditation will help strengthen your inward man. Worship will strengthen your inward man. Here's another thing that strengthens your inner man. It's found in, in uh, Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10. He says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Learn to rejoice in the Lord and your spirit will get stronger. In other words, laugh in the Lord a lot more and celebrate what the Lord has done. Paul said, rejoice in the Lord, and again I say rejoice. In other words, practice rejoicing in God rather than getting depressed by the news. See? Anxiety in the heart of a man causes depression. But the Bible says, cast your care and rejoice. It's, it's an act of decision to celebrate how good God is, to enjoy Him and rejoice in Him and laugh more in Him. Yeah. Laughter is good for you. Merry heart does good like a medicine. Most people rather take the medicine, but I think I like to laugh a lot more. You know, I know I do some preaching here and there, but I'm also known I send memes and funnies all over the world to people just to get them laughing because in laughter, their spirit recovers. Laughter is a great thing. We need to laugh much more to enjoy God, to enjoy Him. And people turn church into something heavy and serious rather than laughter. We should be a place full with laughter. You know, when, the good, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like that in my dream. Then was our tears turned to laughter. 
See, you just forget all the good things God has done and get caught up in the problems of today rather than say, oh, God is so good. And just allow the joy to get in. There's nothing like joy absolutely upsets religious people. They really get upset by it because they think you're not being godly. You're too, ser- you're too flippant. Well, Jesus was filled with joy. Joy is an overflow of the Spirit, but joy strengthens your spirit as well. So when you laugh, you actually, your body gets better. I've heard that people were told, you need to watch some more funny movies and laugh a lot more, and you'll get a lot more healthy. That's true. You need to rejoice a lot more. You need to laugh. Tell someone, you need to laugh much more. Come on, I need to laugh much more. I'm not saying, I'm not saying being flippant or, or not taking your responsibilities, but we need to practice rejoicing. Rejoicing. And when you rejoice, you smile. I rejoice in the Lord. I don't, I'm afraid your face hasn't caught up with the rejoicing bit yet. The joy is too deep down. Your face can't get a hold of it yet. See, so you find laughter. Laughter is so attractive. Laughter alters the atmosphere. Laughter frees up your spirit. Laughter does. It releases things into your body that helps your body. It's a good thing to laugh in the Lord. So I find I laugh with the Lord over many things. He has an amazing sense of humor. He, is, he really is amazing. Sometimes I see things and I start to laugh. And I just I talk to the Lord. I said, Lord, that is so funny. People are so funny. He, and, and God enjoys people. When I look at the funny thing, you, have you know some funny people? And you laughed at people because, well, laugh with them because what, what's happening is just funny. See, others get all wound up about it, but I laugh with it. See, otherwise you all get worried and tense and you, go, you reject them and you want to change them. And, and listen, everyone's unique and some people are quite funny. They just have funny things they do and say and whatever, and that's what makes them hurt them. Why would you want to change that? Just leave them be, enjoy them. I got a, <laughs> I got a grandson. He was at home there learning, and he struggling with maths. And he was sitting there struggling, struggling. He doesn't like maths. He's not so good at figuring it all out. And that's okay. Lots of people not like that. So then, then he just jumped on the floor and started swimming. <laughs> swim away, swim away! He cried out. <laughs> and I thought I just laughed and laughed and laughed. I thought, what a great idea! I should have learned to do that years ago. Just fall on the floor and swim away. So I sent him a little funny meme of someone on the ground in a pile of water swimming away. I laughed a lot about it. And it was great joy. There's a great freedom and strength comes into you when you laugh. You just learn to enjoy the funny things. And I found when the Spirit of God is moving more, there's a lot more funny things happen. I mean, they're weird things as well. But to me, weird is funny. I just think it's wonderful that some strange things happen. Everyone tries to make it all controlled and smooth and fix everything. Why not just let people be people? Let them be themselves and, and love them and enjoy them and rejoice in the Lord a bit more. You could do that. How many of you tell someone you need to lighten up and rejoice in the Lord a bit more? And most people, the only way they can lighten up and rejoice is if they have a wine or two, actually a whole bottle usually. So they go down the pub and they drink wine until they either laugh or get angry and fight someone. <laughs> What's going on there? See, if you have to have wine to get, for, to get to laugh, you're bound up. See, you really, you need to learn how to enjoy God and then laugh Eat with Him. Enjoy the funny things that He, the funny things you see in life. They just, and, and bring God into them. Because when you joy and rejoice in Him and what He's done and who He is, it's wonderful. 
you're strengthened. more. You really need to laugh a lot more. Some of you watching online need to laugh. I've told you already. You need to laugh a lot more. You're too serious. Anyway, so there we go. So uh, we better finish. We're going to run out of time. So we can develop sensitivity as well in, in our life. But uh, if you want to develop sensitivity, then you need to actually just keep your heart soft because when your heart hardens, you become insensitive. So keeping our hearts soft and in love with the Lord, keeping the love first alive. Fasting will help sensitize you. Fasting will help sensitize you. Listening to the voice of God and responding will sensitize you. And also practicing discerning. Just practicing when you meet people, what do you feel? What's your first impression? Come into a room, what do you sense? Learning to just sense things as you're in prayer. Sense what you feel in the Spirit. That all helps. And then stir yourself up and start to pray for people. Because doing all of those things, you develop and you become sensitive to the Holy Ghost. Things begin to happen. Things begin to happen. Things begin to happen. I believe today God wants to fill a whole lot of people with the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost, if you give Him room, He will fill you with joy, fill you with life, and then you just got to sustain that life. How we need to become spirit people. Alive in our spirit, energized in our spirit. You know, just even preaching and speaking the Word of God, I get alive in my spirit. I just get excited. And other people say, you're too old. You should be sitting down and going to sleep. No, I won't be sitting down. If I sit down, I'm probably dumb. See, I want to stay alive in spirit. And you, you must be intentional. When you're alive in spirit, every part of you is affected by that. It really is. Where's, I want to pray for one, two people. And then when they have an altar call, I have to pray for people. Just get filled with the Holy Ghost. Speak in tongues. Because God wants you to speak in tongues. It'll get your spirit alive. Some of you just need a dose of joy on your life again. Let go your depression. Someone prays for you. Don't hold on to your depression like you're a dying man. Let it go. Let God touch your life. Let Him minister to you. <laughs> let's, let's God touch our lives. Let's let the Spirit of God come around us. I watch in the worship time. It's supposed to be a happy time. And some people, I'd love to get going. I don't want to be sitting and just uh, get alive. Express the life of God. So I've seen some of you in football matches. I watched it on TV. Whoa, 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 whoa. I think, what is that about? I saw you on Sunday and you go, you got your priorities all wrong. Need to get a fresh touch of God. Come alive in the Holy Ghost. Let the Spirit of God come around your life. He is a wonderful Spirit, a loving Spirit, a powerful Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit of God. Speak in tongues, rejoicing, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Come on, let's stand. Let's stand. Be some people need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Once you come to the front, you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Come to the front today. I want to pray for you to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Speak in tongues. Some of you here today need a fresh touch of God. Why did you come? Just come, 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 come. you, Lord. Where's Heidi? Heidi, come over. Let me pray for you. Where's Heidi from Australia? 
Okay, come on, come on, there's more people need to get filled with the Spirit. Come, 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 come. Don't hold back. Where's your hunger? If this is what the Holy Ghost can do with a 73-year-old, you need it. sing. Lift your hands. We're going to lay hands on you. Receive the touch of God. My spirit is alive. Hallelujah. Come on, you're watching online. Let the spirit of God touch your life. Receive that impartation of joy. Let the Holy Ghost touch you wherever you are. Begin to speak in tongues in a moment. Let God come upon you, revive you, strengthen you. 